How are you all doing? So you might be wondering, why is there a tent up here? It's not new church decoration. I'm just a visual learner, and I'm a learner by doing, so that's how I like to, to teach. So Stephanie and I like to go camping. We, we, we like camping. It's a great—oh, by the way, I'm Nick Walger. I'm the youth pastor here, <laughs> just so those who don't know me. But Stephanie and I, my wife Stephanie, like to go camping. It's a great time in nature. It's a great time with fire and s'mores and all that fun stuff with families and friends. So we decided to get a tent. Now, you might be seeing where this is going. Um, tents ruin great moments. <laughs> um, putting up a tent, it can be stressful at times, especially dome tents. They're not the easiest to put up. You, you, you struggle, you try to get together, it's not looking great, it's not looking like the instructions say in the book. And there was a tent, we got, we got this special tent, and there's just one part, this one piece of the tent the instruction says this is how it's do it, you do it, and it wouldn't fit. It wouldn't go in, it wouldn't work. We, we'd do it, and it'd pop off, and it, would just, it just wasn't working. We were getting frustrated, we were getting angry, to the point I just said, forget it. <laughs> we'll just not put this part on, the tent standing up, it's going to be good for the weekend. See, tents ruin great moments. But today I want to show that we as Christians tend to believe in a lie that affects the body of Christ or affects the church, um, just like how building a tent can affect your, your camping weekend. It comes from uh, Ephesians chapter 4, 11 through 16. You can follow along. I'm going to be using uh, the NLT version. Now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and to build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up in the full and complete standard of Christ. Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We, won't, we will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever They sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Let's pray. Dear God, just uh, thank you for this time we come together. Thank you for this message you just put on my heart to share. Lord, give us the ears to hear and Give me the words to say this morning, and be with us as a, as a body of Christ, as a church. And praise Jesus' name, amen. So before we look at this lie that I'm talking about that we Christians, including myself, tend to believe, we need to first start with truth, <laughs> the truth that's in the scripture. So uh, in verse 11, it says, now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. See, the apostles and prophets, they laid down the foundation for the church. They laid it down for us to build upon. The evangelists take the message of Christ, the gospel, and go to the areas that have not heard this this good news, sort of like what Chris did on his mission trip, going to the people that have not heard and preaching and, and empowering churches and building churches all throughout the nations. And the pastors and teachers are the local leaders who nurture protect and supervise the church. They're the ones that pretty much stay behind while the evangelists keep going. They're the ones that stay behind and and, and work with the body of Christ. So these are the gifts that God has given us as a church. And these are the gifts of grace that God gave us that Paul writes about in verse 7 early on. He says, however, he has given each 
one of us a special gift through the generosity of Christ. These are the gifts. <laughs> the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. In verse 12, we see their responsibilities. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. See, they're there to help the believers, the church, give them the tools to use to build the church and to grow as a mature body of Christ. And we see how that works in verse 13 and in the beginning of 14. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Then we will no longer be immature like Christian or like children. So this is going to continue on until Jesus' return. <laughs> We're going to continue maturing as a body. We're not going to be fully mature until, until that day. But the job of, of these leaders is to help them mature the body. So how does that happen? Again, we have that foundation of faith through the apostles and prophets. We have the, the Bible, the Word, to basically give us instructions of how to act like a church, how to act like the body of Christ, how to follow the head of the church, Jesus Christ. And then we have these evangelists, again, that go out and, and build churches, that go out and, and invite people to the body of Christ by sharing the gospel. And then we have the, the, the teachers and the pastors that help mature, that help nurture and protect and supervise. Now we can get to the lie <laughs> that I say, the lie that we tend to believe, including myself. It's verse 14. Then we will no longer be immature like children, we won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like truth. Now the lie I'm talking about is not just the false teachings that sometimes we hear in the world, like the prosperity gospel and, and, and things like that. It's not just the lies the world tells us how we need to live. The lie that we believe is that Christianity is meant to be a lone wolf mentality. We believe that Christianity is, it's, it's my faith. I'm going to live it just myself. I'm not going to share my burdens. I'm not going to share my things with the other brothers and sisters of Christ. I'm just going to try to live it myself. See, when we do that, we sort of affect the body of Christ. We affect it, it, the, how it works. Now, I'll, I'll show you. So I want to go back to that tent situation. You see, <clears throat> I want to be a camping family with Stephanie. We want to, we want to, we want to go camping. We like camping. I hear all the fun and all the fun I hear from people. I've experienced it as a kid, and I want to do it more. So we bought that easy, quick, and set up tent. They're like, oh, it takes like 10, 15 minutes to set it up. That's never the case. <laughs> but, you know, we tend to find that it's hard. We, we tend to find that it's harder to, to build the tent than the instructions say. No matter how many times I looked at those instructions, that one piece never fit, <laughs> and it never worked for me. So then I got frustrated, and I gave up on that piece and said, forget it. The tent's good as it is. <laughs> we'll stay in that tent. And, and to this point, I sometimes even maybe cringe thinking about putting that tent up again. This is not the tent. This is not the tent I'm talking about. <laughs> but maybe I cringe about putting up the tent again, or maybe just refuse to use that tent, maybe try to borrow someone else's tent to go camping again. And so you see, as we as Christians, we tend to do the same thing. Oh, someone moved my, my prop. <laughs> so we as Christians tend to do the same thing. 
we like to believe in the lie that Christianity is a lone wolf type mentality. So we go something like, hey, Chris, I'm glad that uh, you, you heard this gospel message, that you became a Christian. I'm glad about that. It's awesome. Here's a Bible. Read the instructions. Follow it. Go to church. All right, have a good life. <laughs> and see, we tend to make that the end game. <laughs> we tend to make it the end game to say, we, 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 we gave you the message of Jesus Christ died on the cross, rose again three days again. That's the way to salvation is believing and fully trusting in him. Here's the Bible, follow instructions, and we tend to walk away. And see, and that's why I love Chris's prayer request for the, the, the people they ministered there, that there'd be people there to empower those new believers. See, these new believers tend to get the instruction book and tend to told Christianity is this easy setup, quick thing. And we all know it's not easy. <laughs> we, they tend to f- struggle with that one piece of the tent to the point where they might eventually just forget about it. See, they want to be a Christian. They struggle so much. No matter how many times they follow the instructions, and no matter how many times they read the Bible, there's that one piece they struggle with, and, and it could cause them to leave the church. It could cause them to have doubts about their faith or even start believing into the false teachings of the day. They're going to seek out the answers and sometimes if they can't see it, they can't understand what the word is saying, they're going to seek it elsewhere. That's what Paul's talking about, this immature Christian. We don't want to be the immature Christian that's blown and tossed about by every wind of new teaching. We don't want to be the people that are influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like truth. Paul mentions that the immature Christians are like these children. They're easy to sway and to believe in the sounds of that, what sounds true. All because the body of Christ has decided that Christianity is a lone wolf type of mentality instead of a wolf pack relationship. See, the church was a gift from God to help mature us to grow closer to God, <laughs> not a gift to help us struggle and, and struggle with that one piece of, of, that we're trying to figure out. And it's also not the sole responsibility of the pastors and teachers like it said in the Bible. It says in verse 12, we're going to look at that again, it says the, the responsibilities of these gifts is to equip God's people to do his work and to build up the church, the body of Christ. See, the pastor's job is to give us as a, as a congregation the tools to build and equip each other up, to mature each other, so that way we're not falling into the, the, the teachings of the day, that we're solely seeking the Bible, the truth. Paul shows us what a mature body of Christ looks like and how they help the rest grow to maturity in verses 15 and 16. It says, Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. See, Christianity, again, is not meant to be a, a fend-for-yourself <laughs> type of relationship with God. God gave us each other to help us grow us closer to God and less like our old self. He gave us all different passions, different gifts, different <laughs> abilities to do that. It's not just on one person. 
See, God created the church to be a body that works together to follow the will and instructions of the head, Jesus Christ. That's why we have the Bible. That's why we have pastors and evangelists. They're there to help us towards that goal. We do this by loving everyone in the church, loving in truth, even when it's hard to love someone. This love is shown through helping the body grow closer to God. And we do this by using our talents for the different ministries that the church has to further grow the church body or even using our talents to help teach people that we see that are struggling next to us. We do this by reaching out to those in need of mentoring a new believer along the way so they don't get discouraged like me building a tent. (laughs) So to give you a visual, I need three volunteers. I know this is not normal in church, but I need three volunteers. Who wants to come up? Here you go, Simon. You can do it. Pat, I'll go do it. And Ken, there you go. You guys can just stand over there by the cross. (laughs) Well, you know, you're just voluntold. You know, that's why I do in youth group. I just pick people sometimes. <clears throat> All right. So, you know, I just became a new believer. You put on my little rope backpack. I became a new believer. You know, I'm going to live life like it says in the Word. I'm going to live life. You can let go of the rope. That's fine. Thanks. All right, I can live life <laughs> like, like it says in the Word, but uh, I'm going to follow the Word. I'm going to follow the instructions, but you know what? Ah, I stumble. I am a liar. I lie so much. I, I, I don't want to lie, but I keep on doing it. I keep on falling into it. You know, it says in James 5, 16, it says, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. So, hey, Ken... You know, I'm sorry if I lied to you. I'm sorry that if I hurt your feelings or I did something wrong, I want to do better. (laughs) I want to do what the Word says. So, can you hold on to my rope and keep me accountable to not fall back into my temptations of sin? And see, now that Ken's holding on to the rope, I'm going to put this down on the ground. I don't want to knock over. (laughs) So now that Ken's holding on to that rope, I can no longer go back to my old self. He's pulling me closer to Christ. He's keeping me accountable. And every time I might stumble, I have him and saying, hey, you know, I stumbled today. Can you be praying for me and helping me out in my sin? Keep on holding because I might tug hard. No, I'm joking. <laughs> and now I have that person help me. And, and, you know, it's not just that struggle. It's not just our sins that, that the body is supposed to help us with. You know, I struggle reading my word every day and, and learning about what Christ says and how to apply it to my life. It says in 2 Timothy three sixteen through 17, it says, All scripture is inspired by God and useful to teach us what is true and what makes us realize what is wrong in our lives to correct us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. I'd be like, hey, you know what, Simon? You do a really good job at opening scripture and prayer and sharing. I, I enjoy listening to that. And so I want to meet with you and talk about what we read, and could you hold on this rope and keep me accountable in knowing the word and, and, and applying it to my life? And see, then I, don't have, I have someone else to meet with me and keeps me from going back to my old self and is pulling me closer and helping me grow more mature in my relationship. And it's not just that. What happens when life throws me a curveball? <laughs> Man, I struggle with my finances, I struggle paying my bills, I struggle with all this stuff. It says in Galatians 6, 2 through 3, it says, Share each other's burdens, and in this way, obey the law of Christ. If you think you're too important to help someone, you are only fooling yourself. You are not that important. 
That's pretty harsh truth, but it's true. He'd be like, Pat, you know, <laughs> I hear all about this envelope system. I see that you do it well. I want you to help me. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm struggling with my electric bill. I don't know if you could be able to help me with my electric bill, but I really want you to help me with my budget and help me make my own envelope system. Help me use my money wisely. Hold on to that rope. Keep me accountable. And see, if I have, if I'm trusting the body of Christ, if I'm sharing my burdens, if I'm sharing my struggles, if I'm going to them saying, I want to do something to help me get closer to God, keep me accountable. I'm far away from my old self. I'm closer to Christ and maturing as the body of Christ. Thanks, guys. <laughs> you can have a seat. Let's give him a round of applause for it's not always It's not always exciting to be voluntold to do something. <clears throat> And now, as that example showed, the body of Christ is working together to mature those that, maturing each other. Not just the immature, the new Christians, but maturing each other in all of our struggles and all of our things. See, I've believed in that lie so much that sometimes I keep my sins to myself. And like, I confess it to God in my prayer, and I keep on struggling. But I found when I was able to share it with my brothers and sisters in Christ and say, can you keep me accountable in this? It helped me in that struggle. Help me pull away from that and, and, and pull closer to God. See, Paul gives us those instructions in verse 15 and 16. He says, instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. God gives us all special work to help mature the body and make it healthy. We share truth and love. We confess our sins to one another. We help each other with our stumbles. We share in each other's burdens. And we study the word together and pray together. That's a healthy, maturing body of Christ. So, again, uh, we as a church have developed different things to help us do that. We have Bible studies, Sunday school, prayer groups, BLTs, body life teams, we have um, just all these things that we choose, the, the smaller groups that can meet together and help each other in their burdens, share their <laughs> sins with, with each other, pray for each other, and grow closer in that truth together. You can always go on the website, and there's a list showing you what happens throughout the week, and you can always join one. See, these small groups are there to help us mature <laughs> in our faith, to help us mature as a body of Christ. So I, I just say to myself and also to you guys that we should stop living this lie of the lone wolf mentality of Christianity and join a wolf pack. <laughs> join a, a group together sharing in our burdens so that we can grow closer to God and, and get away from our old self. And the Holy Spirit and God works in us to help us do that too. See, we're meant to help each other. So let's, let me finish by reading the passage that has impacted my view of church and my view of small groups. It's Acts 2, 42 through 47. It says, All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders, 
And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who have been saved. The passage to me is just a great example of what a maturing body of Christ looks like, coming together, worshiping God, sharing with those in need in the body, and just maturing and growing closer to God and farther from their old self. So join a wolf pack today. <laughs> Let's pray. Dear God, just thank you just for the gifts that you've given us, the abilities and the, the talents we all have. Help us see where we can fit in this perfect body of, that you've made. Help us follow the head, Jesus Christ. Help us stop living life by our, like for ourselves, but living for each other. Lord, we just pray that you just be with us today and guide us this week. In Jesus' name, amen.